Just Capital is a nonprofit that tracks which companies are a force for good. Companies like Bank of America, which just earned the Just Capital seal. Bank of America is ranked number one for ongoing commitment to their workers with initiatives like Sharing Success, which awarded 97% of their teammates additional compensation, nearly all in stock. This is the program's seventh consecutive year, awarding more than $4.8 billion in total. Visit JustCapital.com to learn how a just business is a better business. Furnished by Just Capital. What is shaking? Adam Copeland, Tom Tolbert with you. Copes will be back tomorrow. Kerry Crowley filling in for another day. We're going to talk to Tim Kawakami and Mike Breen. Talk, uh, well, about anything we want to with Tim Kawakami since he deals with, well, everything. And we'll talk to Mike Breen about uh, the All-Star game and, and, and that fiasco. I don't want to get too much into that, but we'll get his thoughts on it. I'm sure his uh, he's a sane, he's a very sane human being. I'm sure his thoughts will mirror a lot of ours. And then we'll get his thoughts on the second half of the NBA season, how tough it is, lead broadcaster, to have one of your partners bail halfway through the season, for lack of a better term, uh, and, and how disruptive that can be. Uh, so we'll get, we'll get into uh, all that with Mike Breen and Tim. And we're trying to get Brian Sabian on. It might be tomorrow. Not sure. Camp's just starting. So we're going to try to get a hold of another uh, person who's going into the Bay Area Sports Hall of Fame. Terry, what's going on? Uh, not a whole lot, Tom. You know, Copes picked uh, a few good days to miss. The sports calendar is just about empty right now, huh? <laughs> Timing's everything, as they say. Exactly. exactly. Timing is everything, as in uh, comedy and sports talk radio. <laughs> and everything, to be perfectly honest with you. <laughs> Every, timing's good. God, if I'd have just crossed this street five minutes ago, I wouldn't have got smashed by that bus. Oh, timing. <laughs> poor, that's, you know what that is? That's poor timing. Is, yeah, uh, is what that is. So uh, yeah, we can get some giants today. We can do some uh, NBA hoops. If uh, we can go through the like, not just the Warriors, but kind of the outlook on the on the season. We got uh, the Brandon Ayuk decision that kind of looms uh, once again. The the 49ers will be looking for a defensive end opposite Bosa. Could that be Young? Do they even want him? Could it be too expensive? Uh, so we got a lot of stuff that uh, that we can get into national stuff as well when it comes to baseball storylines. Uh, I know you wanted to get into some baseball stuff and on the pitching pitching side of it, and we'll get into that as well. So uh, anything you want to get into, you, you, you have carte blanche. Yeah, the, fl the floor <laughs> appears to be mine, Tom. How about that? The floor that? is Maybe. yours. <laughs> Four minutes into the show, that's a first. Uh, but I, I was just struck today that you know Keaton Wynn who the Giants essentially yesterday said he's penciled into one of our five rotation slots I know that this guy hasn't done a whole lot at the major league level but we believe in him which is nice you know uh, obviously you want an organization that trusts its prospects there's a lot of people who've been screaming for years if the Giants would just play the kids we'd finally get an opportunity to see them and what they could do and so he's penciled into a rotation slot which you know I, in a great world he's probably fighting for a fifth job but Today, Andy Baggerly breaks the news that Keaton Wynn's dealing with some elbow trouble. And this is not the first time that Keaton Wynn's dealt with elbow trouble. And, you know, there's still the optimism that everyone has in spring training that he'll be ready for opening day. But the reality is the Giants are like one or two pitcher injuries away from telling Pablo Sandoval, ditch that third baseman's mitt and go start warming up in the bullpen. That is how thin this pitching staff is right now. It's practically malpractice. To, to walk into a season with this few experienced pitchers and to expect it to just all work out for you, 
I mean, they're they're betting on prospects. They're betting on guys who've never done things at the major league level to come in and not just give them 50 innings, 75 innings, to give them 120, 140. Keaton wins one of those guys, and now he's hurt. So where do you turn? Because it's just nothing but question mark after question mark. And it is truly, I said this yesterday before Keaton wins injury, the Giants are taking a once-in-a-generation gamble with their starting rotation right now. It's truly one of the most confusing things they've done this offseason is not sign a veteran starting pitcher to at least give them someone you can count on. I mean, you know, gone are the days when you want Jeff Samarja soaking up innings in your rotation, but the Giants could use Jeff Samarja right now. That's how drastic this situation is. Yeah, it struck me yesterday when you talked about the innings thing, and I was thinking, man, they got a lot of those guys, and that's going to put a wear and tear on the bullpen, which worked out great a couple years ago. Didn't work out so great last year. Uh, that that the last couple years, uh, two thousand where they had the hundred and seven wins. Like I said, everything about that year went right, bullpen included. Yeah. But you're really gambling a lot on the bull. You're gambling a lot on everything. Seemingly, you're gambling a lot on guys doing what they've never done at the big league level. And then if they can't do what you're hoping they could do, and even if they do to a certain extent, you're gambling on the bullpen being really good this year and that is a I mean it is I agree with you it's a massive gamble I mean they're I don't know what they're hoping to get out of Harrison this year uh I think Harrison has a type of arm excuse me they could go I don't know 150 maybe maybe even plus but he's got to throw it over the plate like he, he yeah. he's the guy right now that you look up, you're like, oh, man, his stuff looks great. He's only given up one hit through five. Oh, he has 104 pitches. Like, he, that's the type of guy he is right now. And until he learns to get the ball over the zone where he wants to put it, then that could be an issue. And and you're right. They, they don't have the guys that you look at and go, they're going to be able to eat up innings. They're going. Now, I don't know what the options are at this point. I don't know if they're still in it. Uh, on Snell or Montgomery, and hell, if they get Snell, I mean, that, that's a guy that generally give you five six. But if he gives you five, I mean, you're still that's still a, somewhat of a bullpen game. I mean, you're still counting on the bullpen that game. You have one guy in your rotation that when you hand in the ball, there's an inkling he might go nine. Like, yeah. I think he did it a couple times last year. Like he could going eight, and you know, that's reasonable. And going seven's like okay, that that's 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 kind of what we expect from Logan Webb. But you're absolutely right. It's just it's such a huge gamble that they're taking right now with the young starters and the bullpen behind them that a lot of things, when you start looking at it, a lot of things have to break right for them where only a few things have to go wrong. And this thing could, uh, I mean, this this thing could really come off the hubcaps quickly. Yeah, I mean, you talk about Kyle Harrison and maybe 150, maybe 170. You know, he's 22 mm -hmm. years old. You'd love to see that be the case for him. But I think back to 2010 when Madison Bumgarner was in Kyle Harrison's position. And, you know, he'd made his debut the year before. And he was coming up. And the Giants wanted to see what Madison Bumgarner could bring to their rotation that year. They thought, okay, this is someone who by the end of the season we can depend on to be a quality arm. He wasn't that guy coming out of spring training. They, you know, I think it was Todd Wellemeyer who had the fifth starter job at the time. But Bumgarner becomes that guy. 
he takes over that fifth slot in the rotation, mm-hmm. and then he throws valuable innings for you in the postseason, and that's great. Right now, Kyle Harrison is pitching game two of this season. He is facing uh, the San Diego Padres right after Logan Webb does. I mean, otherwise, it's Jordan Hicks. It's Tristan Beck. You're asking him to take down 30-plus starts this year unless you trade for someone, unless you sign a Snell or a Montgomery, and that's another issue. You know, it's fine if the Giants want to sit out the top end of the market. I kind of get it. I don't, but I I understand if, whatever, there's financial limitations. But if that's the case, sign someone else. Sign someone who is going to give you 120, 130, 140 innings. I I just don't get what they did this offseason to solidify this rotation and get it ready for the beginning of the season well hopefully we'll have Farhan on at some point uh before the season and ask him what the kind of the game plan is the blueprint for for this season but yeah that's I mean because it, it didn't really hit me and I'll be honest yesterday you know we were talking about you know we started talking about the Giants a little bit my brain hasn't fully kind of transitioned into baseball mode so thinking about like Okay, what's the rotation look like? What's the bullpen look like? What's the lineup look like? It just hit me. We again, we didn't talk about this uh, much. You're a pain in the ass today. I got to tell you, uh, not you, Carrie. Uh, <laughs> oh, I'm watching. When they, I'm watching. When they signed Robbie Ray, you know, we didn't talk about it much because it was still uh, football. You know, the dead 49ers and everything going on, <clears throat> and it was such a curious signing. Other than the fact they moved off from some contracts, and I think that had something to do with it, but they ended up paying too. So, you know, you you know you're not ha- you don't have this guy until the end of July, hopefully, maybe middle of August. Who knows? Maybe you get ten starts out of him, and so you know that going in, and <clears throat> you're hoping for what exactly that you're still in the picture, and that he could be a guy that could help you secure a wild card and then all of a sudden you make it to the playoffs and if things break right Harrison's pitching well Webb is Webb and then all of a sudden Ray's back and you got a nice three-headed monster which is like uh, that's I mean you thread try threading that needle like good luck with that good luck with that 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 to go through because that's there's there was a lot of like 50 to one shots in that parlay that's why it's going to pay so well if it hits most likely it's not going to hit though. Uh, so that was, that was curious. And then you start thinking about the rest of the staff. You're like, now to your point, well, okay, now what? And like, I love, I love watching the young guys. And I think there's a lot of giant fans out there too. They're like, you know what? If this is the type of style we're going to play, let me see the young guys. Cause there were, there were times last year where they were like, it was fun to watch. Like for all oh, the young guys, you get new guys. It's just fun to watch the new guys in baseball. You don't know what they look like. You haven't seen them. It's not basketball or football where you've watched them in college. You get a chance to watch them come up and and play. And it was fun, you know, for a while. And then some of the young guys went away. And, like, the young guys are really fun to watch until you realize they're not great. Then it's like, well, that's not as fun as that's not as fun as I thought it was going to be. And then let's be honest: the last month and a half of the season, this team was a brutal, brutal watch. Maybe two months, maybe even two and a half months. Like it was tough getting to a baseball game. Giant fans, I think everyone can agree. Brutal. Yeah, there was not a baseball game you sat down and go, "It's going to be exciting." 
No, it, it was it was just it was boring, boring baseball. So I get where they're trying to go. And again, I'll stick by what I said yesterday. This isn't about winning the division. This is about just finding your way into the playoffs and then just going from there. And hopefully they can, uh, they're thinking, hopefully we can just do that. Uh, but to your point, it's, I mean, there's a lot of, a lot of finger crossing in crossing that bridge to get to the playoffs. There's yeah. not a lot of knowns. And you know, I don't mind the knowns, the unknown so much. Uh, I'd, I'd almost rather have that than the knowns that are like, man, this guy's going to give you 110 innings, uh, 480 RA. He's not great. He's okay. Who knows? He might be a starter some days. He'll give you maybe maybe give you four innings. Like I am kind of tired of those guys. At least give me some unknowns that I don't know about. Uh, so from that standpoint, I think it makes it more exciting, uh, at least initially. Yeah. To my point, if they're not great, then you lose. It's like, well, this isn't all that fun. It's not not super exciting or fun, to be honest with you. I'd rather have some guys that are fun and exciting. So I don't know what they do. I, I, that's who are the other uh, um, candidates right now? Like, if if you had to guess, who that? Let's say Win can't start the season, and we're just yeah. guess. I'm just guessing here because uh, we don't know. It may it may just be something. But when you hear elbow and pitchers, usually it's not followed by. Hey, he's good. We're all good. No, nothing to worry about. Nothing to see here. Uh, we're gonna just keep moving on. But hopefully that's the case. But let's say he's not. Let's say he can't start the season anyway. Nothing major, but he can't start the season. What does their five man rotation look like? And does it include? I dare say a starter. I, I might. <laughs> I, I, I might just skip the skip those games. I might boycott starter game this year. Like I just. Um, when I saw they had the same guy starting Saturday and Sunday. And not a week apart last year, I go, that's it. I go, that's it. I mean, You're not a John Brebby, a 70 start no, kind of guy? No, I'm like, come on, he seems yeah. like a really cool guy, too. But I'm like, come on, bro. <laughs> I, know, I, go, I, know. I looked I looked on my phone. I go, wait a minute. Didn't he start yesterday? <laughs> oh, yeah, exactly. he did start yesterday. Okay, cool. I was like, yeah. Why don't you just get on top of the dugout and say, we need pitching. <laughs> we need pitching. We're starting the same mother of the two days in a row. Help us out. Please, somebody. Don't do that to me. Exactly. So we'll get into that. We'll talk about some of the names that the Giants will now look at now that Keaton Wynn is potentially, uh, well, he is dealing with an injury. He could potentially have opening day in jeopardy. We'll talk Warriors after this. We'll look at the 49ers, where they stand in their defensive coordinator search, and we'll do all of that here on Tolbert and Copes. Crowley in for Copes here on Wednesday afternoon. You're listening to KMBR 104.5 680 V Sports Leader. American Canyon, shout out to you for supporting KMBR. American Canyon Sports Leader. Wherever you are, we're streaming 24-7 at KNBR.com. This is Tolbert and Copes. Tom Tolbert and Adam Copeland on KNBR 104.5 and 680, the sports leader. We are back. Tolbert and Copes, Crowley in for Copes here on a Wednesday afternoon. Talking a little bit, Golden State Warriors basketball headed into the second half of this season. Tom, yesterday... Kind of broke down this Western Conference. Warriors at 27 and 26th, sitting at 10th in a just brutal Western Conference right now. You compare where the Warriors are to where the Atlanta Hawks are. I think 24 and 31 sitting in the 10th spot in the Eastern Conference. And it's night and day. No surprise. The talent has always been in the West, at least mm-hmm. last several years. But uh, we didn't talk about some of the individual players and kind of your expectations for where things might go during the second half of this season. And one that I'm particularly fascinated about is Clay Thompson and whether this bench role works for him, whether Steve sticks with it 
for him coming out of the second half of the season and how it could define the next chapter of his career and, and your thoughts on, I guess, where Clay goes from here because it feels like the Warriors probably don't do much in the playoffs if Clay doesn't thrive in his role, whatever that may be. Uh, well, anybody that's watched the Warriors for an appreciable amount of time should know that if things are working, Steve ain't changing. <laughs> if it's working and the team's winning, first and foremost, it's staying the same. So for the time being, yes, Clay's coming off the bench. And I think that's a good thing for him. I think it's a good thing for the team. He's going to have to continue to play well. He doesn't got to do what he does did against Utah. I mean, you can't expect that from anybody. Uh, I mean, even Steph, that'd be tough to do on a nightly basis. So just good shots, good teammate. Uh, bust your butt on D, even though you're not the same guy. It's harder for him to keep guys in front of him. Better team defense, better off the weeks uh, on the weak side. But mostly, just good teammate. I'm there for you. Uh, I can still hit open shots. We know we we know he can do that. But I think that will be something we see for the foreseeable future. Uh, fine, because Bajemski can do a lot of the things that Clay doesn't do at this point. He is a much better playmaker. Like he's really good. He he understands. The offense, setting guys up, uh, creating for others, all those things that Clay really never had to do and wasn't great at anyway. So I, I, I think Clay could be could be fine in this role. I, I really do. Uh, again, we talked about this uh, extensively yesterday that there isn't a team out there that I look and see this Warrior team and say they can't beat him in a best of seven. Yeah. Like It would be really, really hard. Like. It's going to be uh, it, it, it's more difficult, you know, uh, it probably uh, at Denver would be number one. Uh, I know OKC is giving them problems, but th all those games could have gone different ways. They all could have gone different ways. I mean, Steph won one at the buzzer. Or they won two at the buzzer against the Warriors uh, overtime game. So they could beat them. They could beat Minnesota. Uh, Minnesota is obviously tough because they're so, so big. Uh, but point is, there's not a team outside of maybe Denver you look at and go, that will be. And they had Denver by 18, you know, at home. So <laughs> they've had these teams. They just haven't been able to close out. But Wiggins, I said yesterday, Wiggins will be the most important. He'll be the yeah. most important where, as far as keeping his play where it is now. Like, there's a reason they've been playing better the last couple weeks. There's a reason defensively they've been better the last couple weeks. He is a huge part of that, a huge part of that. Because as good as Kaminga is and has been on offense, he got a long way to go defensively, long way to go defensively. So he's he, to me, is the key. And then let's see where Chris Paul fits in. Uh, Chris Paul, super vet, he'll probably be in the closing lineup because a lot of the mistakes have been self-inflicted mistakes, and he'll be able to help with that. Like he's he's really good, maybe one of the best I've ever seen at clock management. Like when he's out there, he understands time, he understands clock, he understands why well, I just said the same thing: time and clock. <laughs> uh, what's a clock say? Six thirty. What time? There, is there's reality? a difference nine, between time and clock. Go, time is game time. It's clock is shot actually. <laughs> nine fifteen, but game clock says six thirty. Uh, he's good with uh, like time and score, the relation of time and score. Like, what do we need here? Do we need to go quick, slow it down, 
Like, what's the other team trying to do, and how do we combat that? Like, he's really good in those situations. So having him on the court will be be a big help. I don't want to overstate it too much, however. He was on the court for a lot of those bad losses. So I, it just, you know, we, we talked about what they need to clean up. End of the game stuff is number one. Keep the defense solid. End of the game stuff has got to be solid. And everyone's just got to be willing to suck it up and say, you know what, if I'm not in the closing lineup tonight, I'm not in the closing lineup tonight. Because you'd love to have a set five in your closing lineup. That's just not the case with this team. Like right now, I would think the closing five will be Steph, Chris Paul, Draymond. And then after that, it could change game to game. Yeah. Depending on who's playing well, what the matchups might be, he might change those last two spots. But I think Draymond and Chris Paul because they raise the overall IQ of the basketball team when they're on the court, uh, specifically together. They do it alone, but when they're together, you have two of the smarter players in the league on the court. And then you have Steph. Who's just Steph? Of course Steph's going to be on the court. You're not taking Steph off. So you have three guys, and then after that, you're like, okay, who's the other two? Well, again, what's the situation? Who are we playing? What are the matchups? And how are they playing tonight? And then you go from there. But everyone's got to be willing to just say, you know what? We know the deal. We know the deal. I'm not going to get butt hurt. You go ahead. I'll be rooting for you. If I'm out there, root for me. If uh, you're out there, uh, I'll root for you. Like, we're just, we're going to be good. We're going to be in this for for the team. And again, that's easier said than done. When things are going great, it's easy. I always got to kick out of the Giants uh, in 21. 107 wins. Gabe Kapler saying this was the most together I've ever seen a team. Guys pulling for one another. Guys rooting for one another. You saw it. And I'm like, well, yeah, because you're winning. And everyone's getting a chance to play. Like, that that has a tendency to throw that magic pixie dust on a team. Like, it's not the other way around, although I do think it helps. I think uh, I do think chemistry plays a part in, in winning but not to that extent. Uh, and, and when everything's, I said with Clay Thompson, everybody's like, oh, it looked like he handled the role well against Utah. I'm like, well, yeah, he scored 35 and they won. I mean, you're not going to bitch about that. You, if you do, then you get real issues if you do that. But when things are going, you know, when you take a dip, that's when things really kind of surface. And, and, and we saw that. Didn't we hear that from, uh, who did we hear that from last year with the Giants? And yeah, you know, it kind of pulled apart a little bit and everyone wasn't Was it on the Yastrzemski same page. or Slater, like, one of those guys? Yeah, I think Yaz. Yeah. I think you're yeah, right. Yes. And it's like, well, shocker. <laughs> they weren't winning. What a shocker. Everybody, when the team everybody's falls not, apart. Everybody's not the, the three musketeers this time around. Hip, 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 hooray. I made one for all, all for one. Nah, suck it. I want my bats. Like, what are we doing here? I got two hits in the first three at bats and now you're taking my last at bat away from me? Bite me. I'm not. I'm not down with this this year. Well, of course. So uh, if they're winning, I would expect things will go that. But if they lose two or three in a row, I mean, we'll see. This thing's kind yeah. of. <laughs> who knows what it is this year? It's been about ten different things. Now it's it's a great point on the Giants 2021 and the Warriors where with where they're at right now because they think. It's a lot easier to come out of the game when the guy who hits for you hits a home run, which happened just yes. about every time in, in yeah. 2020. I mean, you can't bitch time. about that. He'd be a real a-hole if you did. <laughs> exactly. I lucky, could have done that. Lucky. How come I never yeah. got that pitch? Yeah. So we'll, we'll see. Clay Thompson, when he's not in the game in the fourth quarter, when he's four of 16 from the field off the bench, we'll see how this bench roll works out for him. I think that that yeah. would be 
kind of a defining question for the Warriors in the second half of the season. We'll talk more dubs throughout today's show. Tim Kawakami going to join us at 3.50. Mike Breen will be on at uh, 5.30 this evening. On the other side, we'll talk 49ers as well. But before we do, I want to remind you that we are giving away tickets every day this week here on KMBR. Two tickets to see Revolution with Chloe Kai, Modest Yahoo, Sideways, and more concert taking place August 17th of this year at Shoreline Amphitheater. So tune in between now and 6 p.m. every day when we give the cue to call, which is, I may have missed it. Did I, Tom? No. <laughs> That's going to be a tough cue. There you go. That's the wow. cue to call. Right. Be the 10th caller into the studio when you hear that during today's show at 415-896-KNBR. Again, 415-896-KNBR, and you will win. A reminder that uh, my show doesn't give away tickets, Tom, so right, I'm bound okay. to mess this up just about every time I do it. Uh, furnished by Live Nation, you can grab the official rules for this contest at KBR.com. Tickets for this concert on sale Thursday, February 22nd at 10 a.m. through LiveNation.com. Once again, here is the cue to call. Oh, it's it's not working. Okay, so it's not just me. It's it's not just me messing this entire operation up. Uh, anyway, Copes will be back tomorrow. <laughs> good, good time to remind everyone that Copes will be back tomorrow. Crowley in for Adam Copeland here with Tolbert. You're listening to KBR 104.5680, the sports leader. Business has always been about turning a profit, making money. But can it stand for something more? Something beyond dollars and cents? We think so. We think that today, business has a higher calling, a purpose, to be fair and just, to do right by their workers, customers, communities, and the environment. And it turns out companies successful doing that also do better for their bottom line. When you see the Just Capital seal, it means this company is a force for good. Visit JustCapital.com to learn more. Are you ready for hard-hitting observations? She is the least credible person I may have ever seen on camera. The Ben Shapiro Show brings you all the news you need to know in America today. Guys, not everything is 40 chess. Why can't we just laugh? Ben breaks down the culture and never gives an inch. We all know I'm the number one rapper in the world thanks to Facts by Tom McDonald. The Ben Shapiro Show on YouTube or wherever you listen. Listen to the sports leader anywhere, anytime. Download the all-new KNBR app. Now, Tolbert and Copes continue live from the KNBR Casino Matrix Studio. Casino Matrix progressive jackpots are here. Where are you? Just drop in. Please play responsibly. 1-800-GAMBLER. We are back. Tolbert and Copes here on Wednesday afternoon. Kerry Crowley filling in for Adam Copeland. We'll be back on Thursday to ride out the week with Tom. The big decision that the 49ers must make soon. No, it's not one on Brandon Ayuk. That is not imminent. The big decision the 49ers must make is who will be the next defensive coordinator for this team because they went outside the organization to hire Steve Wilkes, and now Kyle Shanahan could be closing in on his next defensive coordinator. He had a lot of success the first two times around with Robert Sala, who became a head coach for the New York Jets, and, of course, D'Amico Ryans, who became head coach for the Houston Texans. Where do the 49ers go from here? Here's what Adam Schefter said earlier today about promoting from within on his podcast. Here's Adam Schefter. I think the 49ers have had great success with promoting people within their system. It worked on offense. Uh, Bobby Slowick moved up the ranks. Uh, Brian Greasy has moved up the ranks. Um, I'm just trying to think of other offensive coaches. 
they've always had success there on defense. Promoted Robert Sala. He worked out. Promoted D'Amico Ryans. He worked out. And I know that last year when they were hiring, they felt like the right thing to do was, okay, let's stay in-house. But then in the end, Steve Wilkes is so impressive that they're like, you know what, let's bring him in. But it just, it never seemed to fit. Like, you could look at whatever numbers you want. That defense, I'm sorry, just didn't look exactly the same as it had in other years. He's right about that. The defense did not look exactly the same. But nevertheless, the 49ers are now faced with the decision, Tom, is there's a number of prominent names that don't necessarily seem gettable in my eyes to the 49ers. I don't think that, you know, Bill Belichick or Pete Carroll is going to be walking through that door, but they could go to another organization. Chris Kiffin with the Houston Texans has experience in the Niners organization. Jeff Ulbrich with the New York Jets has experience, of course, playing for the 49ers, understands the system, now working with Robert Sala. How, how do you see this shaking out? What type of a hire do you see Kyle prioritizing here? And is it just someone from within, like defensive backs coach Daniel Bullocks? I'd go Dick LeBeau. Let's bring back the zone blitz. <laughs> not, not a bad choice. <laughs> I'll hold the Dick LeBeau, probably 85. Dick, Dick LeBeau. Yeah, hard to Dick beat his track record, retired. though. Hard to beat his track record. He's 86. Let's see. There you go. Dick LeBeau. Let's get Dick LeBeau back. Let's bring back the zone blitz. Get after yeah. it. Let's go. Uh that was the thing that I, I I was trying to articulate like for about a half a year last year. Like this defense isn't what it should be, isn't what it was. It, but while saying that, still acknowledging they were pretty good. wasn't like they're bad. It's just when you look at that defense, you expected to see well, kind of what you saw in the Super Bowl. Like, the, but you didn't see that all the time. If you did, they wouldn't have got behind to the Packers, and they wouldn't have got behind to the Lions like they did. But it just wasn't, especially the run defense. It was, it wasn't nearly as good. So wh- whoever is the guy needs to connect with the front seven or front six. Uh, a lot of times it's six, but that's really kind of the strength of this team. And it was great that Wilkes connected with the DBs, but that's not the strength of this team. So I don't know if he just expected things will go on like they're they're fine, they're good enough, they can figure it out, and. This isn't a, like when people phrase it, and most people haven't, but some, you know, like scapegoating, it just, sometimes things just don't work. You know, you can have a really good coach, really good organization, and it just, it doesn't click for whatever reason. And it didn't click. You know, he was trying to learn, like, it's just weird coming in here and you're not really running your own defense. I mean, you would, you're going to keep the terminology, and, but you can do some of this. I mean, you're, that, that whole thing's kind of weird. So, again, I think Wilkes is a good coach. I think he'll, he'll land on his feet and he'll be fine. It, yeah. it just, you know, no harm done except for last year. Uh, and even then, they get to the Super Bowl. I mean, they hit the damn Super Bowl. It wasn't like this team went 9-8 and eight or 8-9, eight and nine, like, oh, my gosh, what happened to these guys? I mean, they were still, like, one of the best teams, widely considered by many the best overall team in the NFL, just got beat by an all-time great. So, yeah, I, but I don't know. I don't have a great feel. I'm assuming Kyle will try to get somebody that's been – in the if he can get somebody in this system, like yeah. I read about Orbrick today, and I think he was the defensive coordinator for the Jets. So I don't know mm-hmm. if, if teams generally let you make lateral decisions or lateral moves. I don't know how that how that works. If the money's more, 
Maybe they let him. I, I, that I don't know. Uh, but I, I'm sure he would like someone certainly familiar with the scheme that he wants to run. That, yeah. I think that's a given at this point. But I think he'd probably like someone who was has some ties to maybe the organization somehow, some way, whether it was you know Kyle knowing him in, in, in Houston or Washington or knowing him somehow or somebody that was actually in uh, in, in, in San Francisco. Uh, but, yeah, that, I mean, that should be. I mean, you shouldn't really be able to run too much on that defense with the talent they have. I mean, Hargrave, Armstead, Bosa, then you had Young for half a season, then Warner, then Greenlaw. Like, that that does not sound like a defense you should be averaging, like, 4.6 or 7 yards against. It really just does not. Now, I did underplay Hufanga, I think, looking back on it, probably for most of the season. I mean, you can't mention a guy that's injured on IR every single week. It just, everybody knows, but he would, he, he's pretty important. Like he's a hammer. He's just a hammer down there and he's a playmaker. And he's one of those guys that's just around the ball. So they're going to get him back and that'll be huge, uh, for them. But that's kind of what I think somebody that Kyle has known does know in the system, uh, in his system, particularly, I don't think they're going to go the route where they just say, okay, let's just bring in somebody who has good chops, good credentials, and he doesn't particularly run this, but he can fit in with them. I think that, I think that was a one and done. Like they tried it, didn't work as well as they liked, and now they'll move on and go back to, to what did work. Yeah. I think the hypothetical that I find interesting, and you can tell me that this is stupid, you don't have to answer this, and in fact, you may, you may well tell me that this is stupid, but <clears throat> Kyle was clearly – so frustrated with Steve Wilkes during the season, having to bring him down from the box to the field. He was clearly frustrated with him during the Super Bowl, taking the rare timeout on defense, that even if the 49ers win that game, would Steve Wilkes have returned? Would Steve Wilkes be back as the defensive coordinator if the 49ers are Super Bowl champions? Because I I don't know that I can convince myself that that's the case. I think that that relationship was probably damaged at some point, or Kyle just lost trust in him at some point, that even if the 49ers came home with a trophy, they may be looking for a new defensive coordinator right now. Yeah, I don't think that's dumb at all. I think that 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 very well could have been the case where he thought we didn't win because of defense, not necessarily in spite of the defense either. It's just we won because we were more talented than everybody else. But I think you always have to ask yourself that every year, can we do better? Yeah. Can Can we get better? And it's tough. When you win, it's tough. That's a tough sell. Yeah, we won a World Series. We're changing our pitching coach. What? Why? You guys won a World Series. Well, because we can do better. We won a World Series. We're getting rid of our left fielder. Why? We won a World Series. Well, because we think we can get more production out of that. Like, those are tough organizationally because every year teams will tell you, we want to do what's best for the team. We're going to try to make the team better. It sounds great in a soundbite. That's not always the case because there's – seats they need to sell there's uh people's attention they need to garner and they don't want to turn the public against them by getting rid of somebody to help them win even though they know you know we could do better than this we could do better than this so i don't i don't think that's dumb at all uh would he have done it <sighs> that's a tough one because it's awfully hard to do like if they win that game and they hold the chiefs to 19 that's a tough sell even though those of us that have watched the team all season long no, the defense wasn't what the defense could be, should be. Uh, but, yeah, that's a tough sell. Hey, congratulations. They won the Super Bowl. You hold the Chiefs to 19 points. 
yeah, we're going to let him go. Like, that's, that's a tough one. People are going to be like, what are you talking about? How could you do that? Uh, and that's where it takes, you know, stones to do stuff like that. Like, look, this is that's what's best. Day. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> this is what's best. And I know this is what's best. It's not going to be popular, but I got to do it. Like, those are leaders that do stuff like that. Not the ones that say, well, I don't know. How's this going to play out in, in public? Or like, you know, Chris Cohan. I don't even know if he knew that trading Monte was best for the team, but he wanted to do it because, well, he sells the tickets. Everybody likes Monte. It's like, so show? Do you want to be good or do you want to be liked? Like, do you, you want the public to like you or do you want to be good? People. Like, if you listen to the people, you're going to be sitting among them soon enough. Uh, it just it didn't work that way. Uh, so, yeah, I think I think that could have happened. I do. I, th- I think yeah. that's a possibility that that, that could have happened because clearly looking back on it now, they just weren't on the – they they were never on the same page, and it was a misstep to begin with. I don't think they obviously they didn't know that Wilkes didn't know it, and they didn't know it, and they thought they could make it work, but they tried it. It didn't work, and sometimes when things don't work, it's nobody's fault. It just doesn't yeah. work. It didn't happen, and that's that's kind of how I look at this. Yeah, absolutely. So some of the names that have been floated out there are guys who know the system. Jeff Ulbrich, who, of course, coaches under Robert Sala with the New York Jets. You've got Chris Kiffin in the Houston Texans organization right now, who's coached for Kyle Shanahan in the past, working for D'Amico Ryans right now. Uh, Names that have been floated internally within the 49ers organization, Chris Kacarek, but Oftentimes, you just want your D-line coach to be your D-line coach. Yeah. The 49ers learned that with Jim Tom Sula once upon a time. Uh, sometimes those guys are just better fit for a lower-profile okay. job. And then Daniel Bullock's defensive backs coach. So those are just some of the names who've been floated out there. And uh, with the combine next week, we could have a, a hire relatively soon here because Kyle typically likes to get things done. So we'll talk to Tim Kawakami about that at 350, among other topics. Uh, we'll talk some Giants baseball, some Warriors basketball, and then some uh, some WCC basketball, Tom, mm, coming up in the three o'clock good hour. Good game here. last night. <laughs> exactly. So good game. Uh, some some Bay Area schools representing as well. So uh, Tolbert and Copes Crowley in for Copes here on Wednesday afternoon. You're listening to KBR 104.5680, the Sports Leader. Listen to the Sports Leader anywhere, anytime. Download the all new KNBR app. Now, Tolbert and Copes continue live from the KNBR Casino Matrix Studio. Casino Matrix Progressive Jackpots are here. Where are you? Just drop in. Please play responsibly. 1 800 Gambler. We are back. Tolbert and Copes, Crowley and for Copes here on Wednesday afternoon. Talked a little dubs, then 49ers. We'll circle back to San Francisco Giants baseball now that. The Giants are taking the field on Saturday for their Cactus League opener. Giants full squad workouts have begun this week. There are a ton of free agents still unsigned who clearly could help this San Francisco Giants team, in my opinion. Matt Chapman, Blake Snell, Jordan Montgomery. But the Giants seem to be betting on the kids, and it's something that fans have begged for for a long time. I don't know to this degree that they've begged for, but... Nevertheless, the Giants have leaned in in the rotation. We talked about Keaton Wynn and his injury at the top of the show and where that leaves this Giants pitching staff. I'll spell it out for you in a terrible place on February 21st. But also, Tom, I mean, shortstop, they didn't bring back Brandon Crawford. Marco Luciano has 39 career at-bats. He's the guy. Patrick Bailey, sub-600 OPS at the end of last season. Down the stretch, he added 25 pounds this offseason, apparently, so that he could get through the entire season. You've got Casey Schmidt, Tyler Fitzgerald, Luis Matos. I mean, they are taking a bigger gamble on this farm system than maybe we've seen 
I don't know, since Oracle Park opened. <laughs> Baby needs a new pair of shoes. Let's go. Let's go. Oh, seven out. Uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, let, let, let's uh, let's acknowledge this, that they could still get those guys because nobody has signed them. And I think they're sitting there waiting for – it's almost like a game of poker. I mean, Scott Boris is trying to – and the, it's sometimes if you're a player, you might as well just go on vacation when Scott Boris is your client. Because if not, you're going to be pacing your house, calling him, going, what the F's going on? What are we doing? What are you doing? Like, what are you doing? And he'll probably tell you, look, I know what I'm doing. And you'll know he could back it up with numbers. But you're still probably like, are you, what are we doing here? Can you get me in camp somewhere? I want to be on a team. Let's go. But that's not the way he operates. Like, he wants top dollar for each of these guys. And now that no one has jumped in on them. I think you're starting to see teams thinking, well, maybe we can get these guys, but let's wait it out and see what kind of deal we can get. Yeah. Maybe we can get one of those deals where it's like a three-year deal and it's just a high AAV, maybe a three-year deal with an opt-out after one year. Uh, very, giant gi very Giants like deal right there. Very, <laughs> Can't that's what wait for that say. one. <laughs> very Giants like deal. Giant signed Matt Chapman. Oh, opt out after one year, though, if he yeah, wants. Yeah, guess oh, what? Really? If Matt Chapman's good, he's Shocking. only a giant for one season. If he's bad. bad. I'm so tired. I'm so tired. Tired of those deals, those one-way deals where you know what's going to happen. They're not very good. Johnny Cueto. Hey, hey, I'm sticking around, baby. I know you don't want me. Bro, party's over. Okay, no, it's not. Party's not over. Where's that extra beer? I know you came around here. Uh, or the guy that says, uh, you say, dude. You kidding me? Party for you? Party's still going. Let's go. He goes, nah, I'm tired. I want to go home. <laughs> it's like, well, no, we want you to stay. Nah, I don't want to stay. So I just hate those deals. If I was a player, I'd want one of those deals. And it's yeah. great if you're a player because it's a one-way street. You stink, you get paid. You're great, you get paid more. What's not to like about that? So, yeah, I think teams are waiting it out and saying, okay, will we'll Boris at least buckle a little bit? And what kind of deal can he come up with? Will he have to structure some of these deals like he did the Correa deal? Where it's, you know, three years, I think a little over $100 million, but then it could extend out further. Now, I don't think, you know, Chapman's not getting that type of deal, and the pitchers aren't, but Bellinger may be looking for a deal that could be 10 years, uh, possibly. And look, we talked about it yesterday, right? All these guys, there's reasons to like all of them. And then there's reason. Reasons to not like all of them based on what they're asking for. It's like, yeah, I really, really like you, mm, but not as much now. And yeah. the more you, the more you talk, the less it gets. So, guy, who wouldn't love to see Bellinger in a Giants uniform? I would, even though I don't want to pay Snell what he wants because he's not an ace. I would love to see him in a Giants uniform. Yeah, absolutely. But there's a little thing called contracts and costs that go with it, and that's when you fall a little less in love. And if I'm going to pay big money like, and maybe extend myself, I'm not sure that those guys are the guys I would, uh, I would do it for. Even Jung-Hoo Lee got knocked out. A guy who's never played yeah, Major League Baseball, 25 years old. Maybe it's just in the standard co giant contract, carry. <laughs> it just is there. Unless you ask for it to be taken yeah. out, it's just like, oh, yeah, that's part of our standard operating procedure. Everyone gets an opt-out. 
<laughs> yeah, you get your one percent donated to the Giants Community Fund. Thank you for yeah. your service and yeah. uh, and helping out the community. It's like and a then, tithing. Yeah, exactly. It really is. It really is. And then at some point along the way, you get to decide, hey, if I'm good, I don't want to be here anymore. Jorge Soler did not get the opt out. Jordan Hicks did not get the opt out. But the guy that they traded for, Robbie Ray, has this fascinating opt out where he's got, what, 10, 12 starts down the stretch that he'll make for the Giants coming back from Tommy John surgery. And if he's good, he'll hit the open market and he'll be a free agent. If the elbows trouble, if he doesn't quite come back from Tommy John Guess what? The next two years, Giants owe him $50 million. You think that guy's going to opt out if his elbow hurts? (laughs) Are you ready for hard-hitting observations? She is the least credible person I may have ever seen on camera. The Ben Shapiro Show brings you all the news you need to know in America today. Guys, not everything is 40 chess. Why can't we just laugh? Ben breaks down the culture and never gives an inch. We all know I'm the number one rapper in the world thanks to Facts by Tom McDonald. The Ben Shapiro Show on YouTube or wherever you listen. No, no. He'll call Cueto for advice. Hey, what'd you do? Oh, he take the money. Take yeah. the money, senor. You're good to go. Here's the thing, though. If you're the Giants, would you like, what if he came back and he looked great and the elbow was healthy for like three starts and you weren't necessarily in the playoff picture? Would you just go, we're going to sit him the rest of the season so he doesn't showcase himself? <laughs> I'm guessing that wouldn't go over yeah. too well with the oh. players union or other agents. Robbie, I, we see some inflammation in that elbow. Welcome to Talkville, the ultimate Smallville rewatch podcast. Title Transference aired October 27, 2004. Director James Marshall, writers Todd Slavkin, Darren Swimmer. I really like this episode, and I'm surprised that you don't like it as much as you thought you did. I actually respect your opinion more than I respect my own in general. <laughs> it, <laughs> when you say things are good and I check them out, they are. Jump in now or catch up on any of the past seasons of Talkville on YouTube or wherever you listen. <laughs> 